get right to Jeffrey Kleintop, Chief Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. Thank you, Jeffrey, for being with us. So obviously we still have the war, Russia and Ukraine, but you're also looking how this could affect the economic situation in Europe. You said it's, it's on the rise. The concerns about recession are on the rise for Europe, but not at 50% likelihood. So tell me what, what this means and what you're looking at specifically. Well, this is really important. I, I think uh, yesterday we saw European stocks up 6%. They're down 3% today. And that volatility is spilling over into U.S. markets. Remember, Europe is a huge customer for goods made by companies headquartered in the U.S. or Asia or elsewhere. It's one of the biggest customer groups in the world. So it really does matter if Europe falls into a recession or not as it relates to the direction of equities elsewhere. So really important to, to stay focused on, on this and what the evolving situation means. Now, looking back, Back, um, we can see that European stocks and stocks for, for most markets um, generally recovered after major conflicts in the past. You know, if we look back, you can see in this chart, uh, whether it's the Gulf War or you know, many of these conflicts we've seen, stocks generally rebounded fairly quickly and posted gains over the next, say, six to 12 months, except in 2008. That's when uh, Russia invaded Georgia. But of course, it also coincided with the great financial crisis. And that's where we saw a recession, not just in Europe, but in the rest of the world. And, and, and that's the scenario we have to watch out for here. It's not merely the conflict, but it's implications for the economy, which of course you know. Today, the European Central Bank revised its baseline forecast for Europe's economic growth down to 3.7% this year, which is still a very strong growth rate. And that forecast came with two additional downside scenarios from the European Central Bank. The first, what they called the adverse scenario, pointed to just 2.5% GDP growth. And in their worst case scenario, the severe scenario, 2.3. These are still both above average growth rates for the Eurozone, but they could be wrong. So to get a sense of what's going on in, in the Eurozone in real time, we've got to go back to looking Nicole, it's some of those high frequency indicators that worked well during the pandemic. Yeah, and you know, and I want to expand on all of that, but as I was looking at the chart, right, it took me a minute to fully understand it. So, you know, it starts on the left side, um, that chart, and Russia-Ukraine war, which is now, was the yellow line, and, and it just showed how much selling is occurring in stocks in relation to past tensions or wars, the Afghan war, um, the Gulf War of 91, Russia, Ukraine, the Crimea in 2014. So that really shows the Iraq war. So, but the turquoise one, that's the Russia-Georgia war, which coincided, as you said, with our great recession right here at home. So what's interesting to me here, and the part that makes me a little bit nervous, is the yellow line and how quickly it's dipping down. I see the others sold off faster but recovered. So for the most part, we usually see a recovery, um, right? When you go back in history, you go back 80 years, for the most part, you see a recovery and, and new highs eventually. Yeah, that, right, Jeffrey? That's exactly right. It, you've explained it very well. Usually we see a rebound that's that's very quick. And what we're seeing this time is, well, we get rebounds, but then we get additional sell-offs. And that yellow line is not tracking those other scenarios where it did not coincide with a recession, but maybe looking a bit 
early on more like the market's pricing and the potential for a 2008 or a recession scenario. And that's why it's so critical to keep a close eye on, if we can, daily data on, on how the economy is faring within Europe to see what the prospects might be for the economy and for earnings. Yeah, and I, you put in stats from OpenTable, people going to the movie theater. I mean, what, what kind of stats do we have to um, lead your decision making at this time? Yeah, well, so, and those, those are two great examples. There's, there's not a ton of high frequency data globally. We can look at foot traffic and retail stores, a few other things, but there are some things that are helpful. One is the open table dining reservations over the last couple of weeks since the conflict began uh, in Germany have remained at the best levels in months, really up 20% from the pre-pandemic levels of 2019. You can see that in this solid line on this chart. Other years compared to 2019 pre-pandemic are on here, but the one you see, the solid one to the left there poking up into the green, that's what's going on in Germany. So I don't know if it's stress eating, Nicole, but people are not pulling back <laughs> from going to restaurants. You think higher energy prices, maybe home heating prices, worries about where the conflict could go might cause people to pull back on these sort of discretionary elements of spending, but that doesn't appear to be the case so far. And the same thing appears to be true for moviegoers in Europe. We do get box office results for every weekend around the world. And I just combine the data from Germany and France and Italy over the and, and this year to date. And over the past couple of weekends, we have seen some softening. I, I guess you just say in this gray area in this chart here, this is the total box office gross for those three major European countries. And it looked like it held up in that first weekend past the invasion, but maybe started to soften up uh, as uh, in this past weekend. So we'll have to watch very closely the numbers that come in for this weekend if it starts to be a trend as opposed to just one off. Hey, maybe nobody wanted to see death on the Nile. I don't know. Uh, but we'll need to watch this very carefully because, again, yeah. Europe is an important destination for so many uh, businesses and, and, and focused on the consumer there. So it's not just about Europe here. It's about stocks broadly. Right, and that's what you need is those trends, and that's when time comes in and is your friend because it really can show you the trends. To your point, you know, you never know what the one-off might be. Um, for example, I saw it snowing in Athens, Greece. Um, I can't imagine people are running outside. I mean, they're probably staying at home. So it could be any sort of element that might stop someone from going out. Um, that being said, as you await more details on whether or not you're seeing some stability or weakening, what's your advice to investors who are investing at home and abroad? Look, I think that the, obviously the, the scenario is uh, could go in many directions. I think it's hard to have high conviction in a call on the economy or the market, uh, for better or worse, in the near term or over the longer term. And so I think, therefore, investors rather than making a big bet one way or another, are probably well suited to stick to their investment plan. A diversified portfolio, a diversified asset allocation is your friend here helping to moderate the volatility in the markets. Rather, I know often in periods of stress, investors want to bet one way or the other, maybe betting on a rebound or even betting on uh, a, a, a terrible worst case scenario. The problem is if you get out, you got to make another decision, the harder one, which is when you get back in. I was thinking back to March 23rd yeah. of 2020. You know, at, at the bottom of the pandemic lows for the stock market, there was nothing that happened that day that said, hey, the pandemic's over. It wasn't over for months, and there were job losses and everything, even before vaccines were developed many months later. But that was it. That was the date of the bottom. And many investors who got out then, 
you know, by the end of the summer, stocks were up 60% at new all-time highs. So very difficult to make those market timing decisions around these big events that are really not particularly clear. So I would say allow your portfolio, hopefully you prepared with a diversified portfolio, which is why, you know, folks watch you, Nicole, every day and they prepare for this. And, and I think that's the most important advice is to not make big bets here, but to focus on that diversification your portfolio paying off. Thank you so much. I mean, Jeffrey, it's great to see you and they watch me because I have on people like you, um, you know, giving the expert advice and what you're seeing. So I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jeffrey Kleintop. Always wonderful Thanks to have you on the show. We appreciate it. Until next time when we get even more data of Charles Schwab. Thank you.